0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another sunny day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First we're joined by Philip Wells, director and founder of Pet Shed, a family-run pet shop located in Swindon. Philip, hello.
1: Hello, good morning.
0: Good morning. Thank you for coming on the program today. Now, normally, we get straight into the subject of leadership, but considering the ongoing COVID outbreak, let's start there. How has this affected your business?
1: I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that one. How has COVID-19
0: affected your business?
1: Um, I can't say we've suffered as much as an awful lot of other businesses. We've been class as essential we were able to carry on trading um obviously we had a few staff that um, that couldn't because one is an elderly lady who was also a carer for a father and a couple of other people with one with with ms and another one with younger children that um, that had asthmatic problems so we we lost a few people away from there um but mostly we were able to we had to make some changes of course we did we, we put in a one way system. Um, we segregated areas. We put lots of markers down. But we were still able to carry on, I wouldn't say as normal, but um, in, a, in a way that an awful lot of people weren't able to.
0: Now, of course, uh, there's been quite a lot of uh, reports in the media about uh, people taking on pets during uh, this period of time as companions. Yeah. Have you uh, seen that trend uh, yourself? We have, yeah, we
1: have seen quite a few uh, new pets Uh, it does worry me a little bit Mm. um, that uh, people taking on animals at a time when they've got lots of time on their hand um, Mm. in the next few months quite a lot of them will not have that amount of time and won't be able to devote the time needed to the animals themselves and that does bother me because a lot of rescue centers are already bursting at the seams and I just think that that's another problem that might become worse as time goes on.
0: Well, uh, what should we do to address this and make people aware that a pet isn't just something that they have when they're bored?
1: I, I think that the problem lies in a lot of cases with the industry. We've made a lot of changes in the industry with uh, licensing uh, and how we sell animals, but the problem is that there are so many other ways. I mean, we've we've had people come in that have driven miles around the country to to get a puppy and quite often um, they haven't followed the guidelines that we all put out, which is that you should see the animal with its parents um, and you should uh, obviously make sure that it's got all its injections and other bits and pieces. They just want an animal and they want a pet and you've had people driving for 100, 150 miles to buy a dog and and somebody's picked it up at a service station, a motorway service station. And, and until you address that, that's a society thing. The trouble with modern-day society is that everybody wants everything now, um, and they don't look at the consequences of of the actions. I think one of the one of the biggest problems is that none of these things are regulated. And I, um, I know I go back a long way with this, but I think things like having a license to keep a dog was always a good way of making sure that you know there's some element of responsibility um, on the owner. On the owner to um, to make sure that they know what they're taking on. And I think that it's a bit like taking a test in a car, isn't it? You have to have have lessons to drive a car, but anybody can pop down the road and buy a dog and not know how to keep it.
0: Now, of course, we're here to discuss the concept of leadership, so we should probably move on there. I always like to start this part of the conversation off by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: I think it's somebody who influences the way that other people act and react. Um, you know, you can be in charge of something, but not actually lead it. Uh, I think people—some people are leaders, and some people are followers. And I think that you know, the job of a leader is to make sure that people um, almost follow by example what you're doing, um, and and make sure that you know, people understand the consequences of, of their actions. Again, I think it's a—we we have staff here um, and I'd like to think that they all are self motivators but they all need direction at some time and I think the the position of a good a good leader if you like is to know when to intervene and sometimes when to leave them alone
0: and uh, how would you describe your leadership style on a day to day basis?
1: I would like to think it's it's more diplomatic than some, you know, I, I'm not one for shouting and screaming at people. I think that's an absolutely pointless way of carrying on. And I know a lot of people lead by bullying, which I think is is absolutely no way to conduct a business. You should you should always try to instruct and assist um, and and let people grow into into a position rather than being forced into it.
0: Now, of course, everyone develops a different sort of leadership style. Um, but where has it come from in your case? Did you have a particular role model or have you been shaped more by circumstances?
1: Uh, a bit of both, I think. I mean, my father was a was big influence on me. He was a very quiet man, but he always knew what he needed doing you know, around the house and, and at work. Um, I don't think I ever heard him raise his voice. Um, he was very calm and laid back. And then when I started work, um, I worked under somebody who was the complete opposite. Um, was a guy that used to shout and scream at everybody. Uh, was a fellow that um, threatened people with losing their jobs. And I looked at it and thought, you know, that that is one situation that I never want to get into. I don't want to be the sort of person that everybody fears. Uh, I want to be somebody that that people will look at and think, yeah. That's how I should be doing this, not not the other way.
0: Now, of course, one of the most difficult aspects of leadership can be conflict resolution. Do you have a particular method uh, for resolving conflict within the workplace?
1: I think any method you can have is to is to discuss things with people. I mean, there will always be conflict. Some of it real, some of it imagined. Um, and there will always be people that don't get on. If they can't resolve it themselves, and I think you just have to sit them down and talk through it. I mean, most of these things blow up out of nothing. I can't think there's any situation we've had in the business in the years that we've been coming. There's been a serious conflict. You have falling out, um, which you try and leave for a little while to see if it sorts itself out. But if it doesn't, then you've got to sort of sit down with with the people involved and say, well, you know, how do you feel this has happened and what do you feel is the best way forward? Because at the end of the day, if you force a decision on somebody, it's not going to be as well accepted as if it's something that they've thought out for themselves.
0: Now, unfortunately, our time together is starting to wane. Uh, but before uh, I let you go, I'd like to uh, ask two questions. Firstly, uh, if you were to advise a young person uh, on to who... Uh, they should be uh, emulating in a leadership sense in business, Uh, who would that be? Well, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I would always,
1: I don't know, if you look at the people around the world who have become successful, I mean, obviously, the the obvious people are the likes of the Richard Bransons and the Bill Gateses of this world. I I think that um, the way they began uh, is a good role for anybody to try and follow. Um, but in many cases, I think it's more, because most people are never going to get to those heights, so the, the best thing to do is to find a local, smaller business that is well-respected, and everybody will know one of those, and try and spend get some work time with them, a bit of uh, work placement or volunteer work, just to see how they operate. Because at the end of the day, at this level, the problems and decisions you have to make are so much different to the big corporate decisions that that those other guys will be making. Um, They're they're far more lower-key, if you like, but also far more important to a smaller business.
0: And if you had to uh, set out now, in the next 12 months, uh, where do you think Pet Shed will be moving towards, uh, what would that be?
1: I think... If we were starting now, uh, I don't think we'd do too much differently if I'm honest. I just think that what I would try to do is, is become more community-based. Um, maybe look at ways of, of getting involved with schools, with education of, of how to keep pets. Um, I think that's a, a way to move forward. I, I think if you can become somewhere where people go for knowledge. I know that doesn't always work because an awful lot of time it's they, they take the knowledge from you and then go and buy somewhere where it's cheaper. But at the end of the day, I think if you can get involved in, in helping people to make the right decisions as far as keeping animals is concerned, then they're more likely to stick with you for uh, ongoing advice and purchases.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you uh, very much, Philip, for coming on the program today. It's been a pleasure to have you. And, of course, we'll have to oh, have you, you back at ask. some point in the future.
1: Yes, for thank, me. thank you very much.
0: That was Philip Wells, director and founder of Pet Shed, And now, if you haven't heard it before, is my exclusive interview with our chairman, Lord Blunkett. Lord Blunkett, welcome.
2: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you. and the U.S., and to some extent to uh, the Scandinavian countries, have a very different hi- interest, uh, history and, and therefore interest in maintaining the freedom to decide and the persuasion and consent mm. that's required. Uh, those countries that have experienced one way or another totalitarianism over the last century have a slightly different way of coming at this. Mm. I don't want to exaggerate it, but I think that that's why